Zay Jones, since he got to our team, every time I ask someone to throw, he's there at 6 a.m. Every time. He's never missed one. So to see him come up with a game winner like that, I hope everyone in the world roots for Zay Jones because he works harder than anybody on our team. Coach, in your career, have you ever been involved in a game like this before where it almost appeared like you had to win the game twice? Can you recall anything no, like this I in feel your like career? I died and, and woke up and died again, and I was like a cat. I had multiple lives tonight. I don't like playing like that. It was um, tough, but um, again, we, we did a lot of really good things to win that football game tonight. Things got testy. Just being a little sarcastic and having a little fun here. Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're gonna write fucking every time. So it doesn't matter what you say. I just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. A uh, quick update from Paloma Viacana of Fox 5, who is out at UNLV practice. Doug oh. Brumfield is not out at practice right now. So the UNLV quarterback situation, their starter got hurt, left the game against Arizona State. Is Arroyo said yesterday he is day-to-day, uh, but it's Tuesday. they got a few days here before the game kicks off against Iowa State, but uh, not a good sign for Brumfield's availability if he's not out there on a Tuesday. Now. In the NFL, the Raiders got a good win, a fun win, a dumb win, but they got a win. But I still need to complain about something. Oh, my God. We haven't already? But this is specifically at, like, the uh, the football media because it has happened this entire offseason, and it happened on the pregame show on ESPN leading up to Raiders and last night and then it happened post game as well specifically James Jones who was on NFL Network there has been this strange straw man narrative around Derek Carr the amount of times that this summer and in that pregame show that you hear people say everyone hates Derek Carr nobody thinks Derek Carr is good but really he's a good quarterback is un believable because nobody actually thinks Derek Carr sucks. Yeah, he's nobody, not Andy Dalton. Yes, nobody is arguing that Derek Carr is not a starting level quarterback in the NFL. Nobody's really even arguing that he's not one of the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. People just don't think he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. But for some well, reason, now that Aaron Rodgers is out. That's a good point. He might have a spot to get in there. But for some reason, Trent Dilfer did it last night. James Jones did it. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson's done it. Like, this entire offseason. And then last night, people are like, everybody hates on Derek Carr. Nobody thinks this guy is any good. But I'll tell you what. He's a good quarterback. And it's like, we know. Everybody agrees with that. There is nobody that disagrees that Derek Carr is a good quarterback. The question is, is Derek Carr a quarterback? that can play like a top five guy that elevates a so-so supporting cast to a, hell, just a playoff team for once, let alone a Super Bowl. That's the question on Derek Carr, and he's never shown that he can do that in his career. Nobody thinks the guy should be out of the league. When we talk about Derek Carr's future with the Raiders, nobody talks about it because, well, Derek Carr is not any good. The conversation is, well, they haven't made the playoffs. They probably need to rebuild if they miss the playoffs again. Are you going to do that with a quarterback okay. that's Derek Carr at Derek Carr's age and having to give him a second contract? That's the that's my big one is you got to give him a contract. Right. And based on everyone who just got contracts, you got to give him a pretty big contract. Right. And that means you're even you're going to be even more hamstrung. I just can't 
I can't get over the fact that so many people keep making this argument of, well, Derek Carr is actually really good. I don't know what these people are talking about who say Derek Carr is bad. Nobody's saying that. Nobody is saying Derek Carr is bad. Like that, that, that's not a take that exists. That's not an opinion. I mean, sure. Somebody on Twitter might be like, Derek Carr's a bum. Get Mariota in there. Sure. But if we started doing that for everybody, then every player's a bum. But that's not, that's not a real argument that anybody with any legitimate argument has made that Derek Carr is not any good. But that has been the talking point the entire offseason is, well, actually, everybody thinks this guy sucks, but I'm on to it. He's actually good. We know it. Every, every ranking system last year had him like between 8th and 12th. And that's exactly where everybody agrees he is. I, I have nothing besides he's got small hands. Yeah, well, Jared thinks he has small hands, so yell at Jared. No, no. Actually, he He, has big hands. (laughs) No, I'm saying... Hey, Lamar Jackson fumbled last night, not Derek Carr. I know. That's shocking. The only only fumble the Raiders had was Andre James snapping it too early when Derek Derek Carr was trying to call an audible and the ball was like flying past his head. Yeah, again, I missed that. Was very confused yeah. as to what happened. Oh, that was the play he was in the fetal position, wasn't yes, it? and yes. I was just like, I didn't understand. Yes. <laughs> I, I have like a plate of food, and I'm like, what just happened? Andre James, Derek Carr was calling an audible, and Andre James thought it was time to snap it. I'm just, Derek Carr's good. Everybody agrees Derek Carr is good. It's just nobody actually thinks he's a top five quarterback. That's that's the conversation. When people talk, when people say anything negative about Derek Carr, it's okay. He's not Patrick Mahomes. And everybody and, agrees with that. But for some reason, we're out here with people saying, no, actually, this guy's really good. And that's, that's the other thing is Patrick Mahomes can play, play the way Derek Carr did in the first quarter for three quarters and win by two yeah, touchdowns. I, actually, Carr kind of pulled Patrick Mahomes last night. That's kind of, I mean, technically, Mahomes usually wins in regulation, but that's kind of a Patrick Mahomes last night where you're awful. I mean, genuinely bad for a quarter of that game. And then, hey, look at that. The fourth quarter, you're unstoppable. I will say that there's a level of doing too much that Patrick Mahomes sometimes does that I don't feel like is the same as Derek Carr, where it's he's running to his right, throws across his body, and you're like, oh, that'll never, that uh, didn't work. It didn't work. Holy crap, Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes. You're going to let him do that. That is, and listen, I'll give Derek Carr credit too, by the way. The almost game-winning touchdown pass to Brian Edwards didn't get in, and they didn't score on the goal line. But the almost game-winning touchdown pass to, to Brian Edwards, that's the type of pass that I don't think we've seen Derek Carr throw ever, where it's third down. The Raiders are in field goal range in overtime, right? If they kick the field goal, Baltimore gets the ball back and could go down and win it with a touchdown. It's third down, though, and Derek Carr, he could have thrown the ball away, but instead he threw the ball, threw it up, basically, to a covered Brian Edwards. And Derek Carr said, hey, Brian Edwards, go make a play. And Brian Edwards did. That's something Derek Carr has not done in the John Gruden era. He has not really thrown it to a, hey, that guy's not open but he might be able to make a play. So I'm going to give him a shot and throw it up there. And he might be able to go make a play. And Brian Edwards made that play and they almost won the game because of it. But the, again, the whole goal line thing, what a nightmare, but like they almost won the game because of it. That's a, that's a pass that we've seen Derek Carr. He'll throw that away 
where we'll be like, yeah, we'll we'll take the field goal and hope our defense holds them to at least a field goal or something like that. That's what we've seen the Raiders do, or what, excuse me, what Derek Carr does. So he, to me, he deserves credit because that's a pass that we've been asking him to throw. Give your receiver a chance, right? Just because he's not wide open doesn't mean you can't throw it to him. Give him a chance. If they're actually good receivers, they'll make some plays. Like they will go up and make some plays if they're actually good as receivers. And Brian Edwards did. Brian Edwards made an incredible catch, incredible catch, and almost run into the end zone for a touchdown. It was, and but normally, I feel like Derek Carr throws that ball away, plays for the field goal, plays it safe. But he didn't. He actually took a chance there, and it was it was good to see. Is there an element? And this may be getting into some nonsense that you don't care about. Is there an element to this narrative that? people are propping up that it's there's just a lot of people who don't like Derek Carr the dude not his I don't style. think so okay I don't think there's that many people who don't like Derek Carr the dude I think most people like him more than dislike him um I the problem is the Raiders don't win that's that, that's they, what the I conversation mean, yeah, that, is. that'll do it right like that's what the conversation is the Raiders do not win and, and but again to go back to me yelling at people saying well Everybody thinks Derek Carr sucks, but he's good, even though nobody thinks he sucks. It goes back to everyone agrees the last two years when the Raiders have not made the playoffs, it is not because of Derek Carr. Derek Carr has played well enough that, hey, that's good enough to make the playoffs. That's a quarter. That's a playoff-level quarterback in what Derek Carr has done. Right. Nobody disagrees with that, but for some reason, we've got people creating straw man arguments, but it's, it all goes back to the Raiders have not made the playoffs. They've made it once in Derek Carr's tenure as the starting quarterback. He was hurt and didn't even get to play in it, but they have not made the playoffs. And when you don't make the playoffs, there are lots of changes in the NFL. A lot of times it's the coach. A lot of times it's the quarterback, right? If Matt Stafford hadn't been traded to LA, Matt Stafford would have been the only other longest tenured quarterback without a playoff win besides Derek Carr. And I think he was on like, would he have been on 14 years, 13 years, something ridiculous like that. But like Stafford and Carr kind of in the same boat where like nobody, nobody thinks they're bad. Nobody has once thought like Stafford and Carr, they're, they're not bad quarterbacks. We know that their teams just don't win. And a lot of that's on the defense. Absolutely. But there is a level of, Hey, it's the most important position. And when you've got eight, nine, 10, or in Stafford's cases, like 13 chances, and you don't ever do anything with it, there's a reason to say, hey, we should move on from this guy because it's not working, even if it's not 100% his fault. Okay, and let, let me make this argument real quick. We, I don't think anyone would say it with a straight face, Andy Dalton is a better quarterback <laughs> than Derek Carr, right? Like, is no. It, no, no one's making that argument. Andy Dalton has made five, right? five right. playoff appearances. He hasn't won any, but he's made five of the things. And a lot of that goes to the defense. The Bengals had a much better defense with Paul Gunther, by the way, had a much better defense than the Raiders did. But again, how do you survive in this league? You've got to win. You've got to make it to the playoffs, even when it's not entirely your fault, even when you can't really tackle for Jonathan Abram or something like that. You still got to do what happened last night. You got to win a dumb game. You got to win a couple of those throughout the course of the season. So nobody believes Derek Carr is bad. Stop listening. Stop. People need to stop saying, actually, all these people hate on Derek Carr. Nobody actually hates on him. They just don't think he's as good as Patrick Mahomes. And that's perfectly fine. <laughs> like, that's okay. We don't have to think he's Patrick Mahomes. It's okay. You don't think he's Patrick Mahomes either. You just think he's kind of good.
Oh, you know, he's like the eighth best quarterback. Good job. That's what everybody thinks. He's eight to twelve, somewhere in I that will, range. I will say right now, I will take him over Trevor Lawrence. Yes. Maybe yeah, you're right. Maybe he's seven to eleven, seven to eleven now because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Okay. If Aaron Rodgers keeps playing like that, he's between Coming seven up and next, eleven. We literally rank quarterbacks. <laughs> Dear God, we will never do that. Coming up next. Oh, the NBA is going to get fixed really soon. Want to be part of the show? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and leave your opinion. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, I'm not going to cave in. End of story, dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, 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 dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude. Bischoff's Briefs. I guess you've got a point there. We have two potential things that I love coming to the NBA. Hopefully they both have. First off, Daryl Morey said earlier this week that he thinks the NBA will adopt the Elam ending in the next five years. The Elam ending. It's amazing. I love it. So for those of you that don't know, the Elam ending, it's going to fix basketball, by the way. It's named Um, after former Denver Broncos kicker. I don't think that's accurate, but it is the ending. You may have seen it in the NBA All-Star Game. Uh, if you watch that tournament in the summer, the basketball tournament, they use it in that as well. But basically, you can do it a couple of different ways, but first whistle under four minutes in the fourth quarter, the game clock goes away, and instead a target score is created. And the first team to get to that target score wins the game. So for an example, NBA game, let's say it's 102 to 98 with like 340 to go. There's a whistle, clock stops, clock goes away. The target score, you could add 10 to whatever the winning team score is. So it'd be 112. And the first team to get to 112 wins the game. So like, I love basketball. I think it's the most entertaining sport to watch, except the endings of basketball games suck because we get so many stoppages right? We have reviews that's create a lot of stoppages. We have way too many timeouts in this sports. And the actual problem with the sport is intentional fouling because when you're losing a game and the shot clock is turned off, the literal only chance you have at staying in that game is intentionally fouling. And offensively, if you're winning a game in the final minute or two, what am I doing? Why am I taking a shot quickly? I'm just going to dribble the shot clock out and then get one at the very end. It's not fun to watch. The Elam ending will fix that. Because with the clock gone, shot clock stays. But with the game clock gone, there's no intentional fouling. You're not playing against the clock anymore. You don't have to save the clock by fouling. Instead, you just need to play good defense. And it, because if you get enough stops in a row, you can win. You can come back from pretty much any deficit. You actually have to play the sport right. that you're playing exactly. in order to win the game. That's what it does. And offensively, you're not encouraged to dribble the clock out. There's no more. It's it's worse in college basketball than in the, in the, than in the NBA because the NBA has a short shot clock. But there's no more, hey, we're just going to dribble the clock down to about eight or nine, run a high ball screen, and try to score. You actually are encouraged to just run a normal offensive half-court set because there's no clock to kill. You can you just, you just need to score. You're, the point is to score, just like every other time in the basketball game. The point is to score, not to kill the clock. So the Elam ending fixes that part of basketball. It'll make it more exciting. It'll make the end of games more exciting. Hell, every game ends on a walk-off, too, in the Elam ending. 
right? Even if you're up by 30, it's still a walk-off. Like, a game's not in doubt, but it's still a walk-off win because you score a point, and that ends the game. The clock doesn't just run out. So that is the best way or the first big step to fixing the way basketball games ends. I think it's so much better. I want to see it, like, tomorrow in the NBA, but we won't get it that quickly. But hopefully we get it soon. The NBA doing it in the All-Star game is to me, a great step in terms of it actually happening in the future. Daryl Morey thinks it's going to happen. Very excited. We also, though, we need to get rid of timeouts in the final two minutes. I'm all on board just completely banning timeouts in basketball. Coach, they, they have way too many in that sport. You you, you watched that three-on-three three at the Olympics. And you're oh, like, it's we wonderful. don't need coaches. Oh my get gosh. rid of the coaches. Get rid of them completely. Uh, yeah, you're right. We can't get rid of them completely. Three-on-three three basketball, please. It was <laughs> phenomenal. But, like, it's not, it's not that... Make it half court. Like, it's okay if you take a timeout at the end of a basketball game, but what happens is coaches hoard them, and you watch an NBA game, and it's like, well, they got three timeouts for the final minute, and you're like, are you kidding me? We got to sit through that again? It's unbelievable. So get rid of timeouts in the final two minutes. Bring us the Elam ending as well. We'll have to suffer through reviews. I don't have a good answer for that, but we'll suffer through them. Okay, I have, it's not a great answer, but it's still better than, okay, let's look Let's look at the back of two bald men's head while they look at a monitor for the next 90 seconds while we have two old guys kind of go, yeah, and they're reviewing it right now. We only have two angles. They've got seven. Like, let us see the angles. Like, show it, or, or at least, like, get us a, like, fake digital, like, well, here's the line, and we've created an animation, or anything is better than watching two referees with headsets on, stare at a thing, and they're like, all right, focus the camera on their backs. The other thing in basketball that could happen that I would enjoy very much, uh, Sham Sharnia tweeted out that the NBA is discussing having an in-season tournament. They've discussed this before. Um, The WNBA actually kind of put this in. It wasn't really a tournament. They just counted certain regular season games as the Commissioner's Cup. And then gave out a trophy. I don't. I don't know if there was actually a trophy or not, but there was a Commissioner's Cup. I'm on it. in the WNBA this year, but it wasn't actually a tournament. It wasn't separate from the regular season games. But what Shams tweeted out was that for this in season tournament, the player incentive would be a million dollar bonus for each player on the winning team. So if your team wins this in season tournament, every player on the team gets a million dollars. That's a Good chunk of money, even for guys that are making 20, 30, 40 million dollars a year, an extra million. It might be enough to motivate players to take it seriously. I also would be fully on board giving the winning team of this tournament a guaranteed playoff spot. So you do this tournament in the middle of the season, whoever wins it, they're in the playoffs. We've got 16 playoffs. Well, hell, with the play in games, we got 20 playoff spots. We can give one away, we can sacrifice one for this in game tournament. But I'm all in on this happening because. Anything that makes the regular season more fun is worth doing in the NBA because with the NBA hockey's in the same situation, honestly, baseball's in the same situation. The regular seasons are kind of irrelevant. I mean, at least in baseball, not that many teams make the playoffs, but we only care about the postseason, right? The regular season in the NBA, what, whatever's happening in January and February, we're not really paying attention. It's not that important. Anything that makes it more fun to watch this sport in January or February, I'm 100% on board for. And I would be interested in watching a tournament. Knockout-style tournaments are great. They're a lot of fun. 
And so if you're telling me that we get a big tournament of all the NBA teams and the players get a million dollars if they win, I say put a playoff berth on the line as well. So who knows if the Kings go on a run, they get an automatic spot in the playoffs. That would be fun as well. I'm all in on this playoff would be incredibly fun to me because what you would have, you would have some teams that wouldn't take it seriously. You would absolutely have like the Lakers or something. LeBron James just would not play in this in season tournament. Would just be like, nah, no thanks. And that's perfectly fine because the, the model this is based after is soccer where European soccer, we do it here in the U S we have multiple competitions. Yeah. that teams playing at the same time, right? If you're a soccer team in England, you, you can play in the premier league. You can play in the Champions League if you're one of the best teams, but you also play in the uh, FA Cup, which is just all the professional teams in England get to enter into this, and it's a massive tournament. Some teams don't take it seriously. Some teams, they'll put out their second string because they don't care about it that much, and that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine if half the NBA teams don't take it seriously, but if you're telling me the Sacramento Kings are playing like four games in January, and if they win all four of them, they're going to the playoffs despite being terrible, I'm all in on watching that. I, that will be tremendous to watch. And then we get to watch him get swept in the playoffs. That'll be funny, but I'm all in on that. So did they get the play in game spot? No, no. Give them an automatic oh, spot. Good God. Automatically right. in a playoff series. Don't know if you care. There is no actual physical trophy for the commissioner's cup. Oh, yeah. what are we doing? WNBA $500,000 prize pool, $30,000 per player, $5,000 bonus for the MVP. That's pretty good. I mean, no, that's that's really good. But we got to get a trophy, though. Yeah, so, like, that's... but it, but here's the problem: the the WNBA Commissioners Cup. It wasn't like it wasn't a tournament. It's not like it was separate games, single right. elimination. Everyone, I think it was ten of their games. Everyone just played, and ten of their games on the schedule were designated as that's a Commissioners Cup game. And then they added up whoever had the best record over those ten random games for every team, and they won the Commissioners Cup. It's kind of dumb i wish the wnba would just say screw it we're doing a tournament they kind of couldn't this year the olympics yeah got the, in the way yeah but i kind of wish they'd just say screw it we're doing a tournament because the wnba they got 12 teams wouldn't even take long to do it it's a weekend that's all that's all that is it's their basically their playoff format. it kind of is their playoffs because those are single elimination too but like it wasn't a legit tournament so you know not as much fun but the wnba kind of implemented something Along those lines, but could be more fun. I, I hope the W or I hope the NBA does it. I, hell, I hope the WNBA does it too. It'd be fun. Do a tournament in the middle of the summer and give them all whatever the hell you just said that payout was. Be a lot of fun. <laughs> was it $30,000 a player? Yeah. 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 Just give them a payout in the middle of the season for winning a tournament. That's fun. I want more fun in the regular season of our sports because our regular seasons tend to not matter with the exception of football where, cause you only get 17 small games. sample yeah. size. They tend to not matter. Basketball, hockey, like we're about to have a whole golden night season where the regular season is the most irrelevant oh. thing we've ever watched in our lives. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be the one seed. They're going to make the playoffs by 20 points. Yeah. Nothing that happens in the regular season matters for the golden Knights. We're going to have six months of just, yep, they want, we're going to try to manufacture some drama. Hopefully we get some agents tweeting out some swords in the backs of their players, but not going to be much. I mean, could we, I mean, is there any like, Goalie controversy we could gin up right now. No, Laurent Brassois <laughs> is here. He's a career backup. He's here to steal the job. All right, coming up next, Raquana Williams joins us from the Las Vegas Aces. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. All right, Aces with the ball here, the 120 to play. 
left in the half, and Raquana Williams is going to put up a long three, and she finally gets one. Bebe for three. She cracks double digits. She has 10 now. Aces need to that one. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now is Raquana Williams from the Las Vegas Aces. They picked up a win over Dallas yesterday, so they just need one win in their last two, and they will clinch the two seed in the WNBA playoffs. Raquana, how are you this morning? I am great. A little tired, but I'm, I'm happy to <laughs> be up and able to look at them and try to get that one more win we need to secure that second seed. So I do want to ask you, uh, and it's a good question after yesterday, Kelsey Plum goes for 30 points. Um, mm -hmm. how, how are you guys campaigning for her to be sixth woman of the year? Uh, we Actually, we just had a conversation about that. It'll be pretty cool if her and D could get cold, but uh, she's very deserving of it. Um, given the fact that D has won back-to-back, -back, I, I think uh, KP has been consistent and done a great job for us. Um, on and off the floor. So it'll be very deserving for her. Have you ever played on a team that's this deep where you can have Jackie Young or Kelsey Plum score 30 points and it's not even the top three scorers on the team right. when you're looking at Liz Cambage or Asia Wilson or Chelsea Gray? Right. No, this is the first, and it's actually fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to be a part of. Um, I got I do need to ask this, too. You had four teammates go to the Olympics and win a gold medal. <laughs> Who's been the most obnoxious about winning the gold medal? Oh, well, they actually been pretty chill. Really? Yeah, they've been. Yeah, oh. they actually been really, really chill and calm about it. Oh, I gotta imagine if I won a gold medal, <laughs> nobody would hear the end of it. I would be the opposite yeah, of nah. chill. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty chill about it. <laughs> uh, how much did you watch uh, Kelsey and Jackie play in three on three? Um, not much. Um, I spent a lot of time home with my family. Um. But I did always catch up on highlights, um, especially with the time difference. Um, I um, would see the highlights and stuff and send them a couple of text messages here and there. So what you did see, what did you think of three-on-three -three basketball as a concept? It's different, and, and it really shows what you're capable of. Um, I mean, you, you know exactly what you have to do, and you see it's, it's, a, it's easier to see more, especially with it only being three players. So I think it it exposed a lot more of what they're capable of. So we talked to Kelsey last week or two weeks ago. And when we asked her about it, she, first off, she told us she retired from three on three because it was like basketball <laughs> on bath salts. And it was just, right. it was too much to keep doing. I mean, personally, I, I thought it was phenomenal. Just, it's a very, just quick version of basketball, but I also think like Kelsey Plum in particular, it seems to fit her game really well. Right. That's more her speed, huh? Like quick, get it and go. I agree. <laughs> Definitely agree. So looking at your, at you guys right now, you guys have played a few games now without Liz Cambage, who has been out on mm -hmm. the health and safety protocols. What's it been like making that adjustment without her out there for a few games? Um, Definitely different um, and a lot more challenging um, in the sense of uh, we knew what Liz was going to give us and we knew uh, certain plays and certain sets were exactly for Liz. So um, I know that put a little pressure on uh, Chelsea and, and Kelsey um, not having to call those sets that we would normally call for Liz when we maybe been on a, a two-minute stint where we didn't score. So it's been a little difficult in that regard. 
Uh, this is your first year with the Aces, and we've heard a lot since since the team moved here from San Antonio. We've heard a lot about how this organization treats its players, how it runs the mm-hmm. team, and, and how good it is compared to the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, what what's your experience been here with the Aces? Um, by far, uh, in the most respectful way possible to all the other organizations I've played for, this <laughs> is it's so professional. Um, and it's not just about basketball here. Uh, you can feel it. You can feel the love. You can feel that. You can feel that that they care, especially Mark and everything he's doing. You definitely feel it, day in and day out. How many times have you got to talk to Mark Davis before? I'm not much of a talker, so oh. not not once. Oh. Yeah, I stay away from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, what, if you haven't talked to him, what did you think it meant when Mark Davis, who owns the Raiders and they're the big name in town, they've got the big new stadium. What did it mean when you saw that he was the one that was buying the Las Vegas Aces? Um, me personally, it was a, for me, it was a better opportunity for the females to get a better insight on how football is ran and handled. And then to have an owner that has both, basketball and football but it's not too many uh or many at all um so it's pretty cool did you are you you grew up in uh florida correct correct are you are you an nfl fan at all i assume you're not a raiders fan (laughs) do we have to talk about this i feel like i got enough (laughs) crap at the game last night oh you did i I feel i feel you kind of smiling through the phone so i feel like you know I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm probing into an unknown area. I don't have any idea. Okay. Well, I'll let you just peep in a little. I'm a big Baltimore Ravens. Oh, you fan. are. Oh, I, I <laughs> genuinely yeah. did not know that. I am. Wait. Were you? So were you at the game last night? I was there with all the Raiders fans. Oh, oh my boy. gosh. Oh boy. It so was tough. Were you wearing purple? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. For, I g- genuinely had no idea. Phenomenal to figure that out there. Okay. All right. So wait, 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 wait. Is that why you didn't talk to Mark Davis? Cause you were wearing a Raven shirt and it's like, I'm not walking up to him <laughs> no, right now. That's not why. No, that's not why. Yeah. So Ricardo Williams with us from the Las Vegas aces. So obviously you guys have the second best record in the WNBA right now. It's a team that mm-hmm. lost in the finals last year. Now you're here and, and Liz Cambage is back. Chelsea Gray is here as well. I'm curious. What's, mm-hmm. what's the season been like big picture wise? Like how much have you guys talked about, or even just personally thought about like, yeah, this is like, it's a title winning team. That's our goal this year. Like how much mm-hmm. has that been out in the open for you guys? Um, Not much. Bill is a, two by two guys. So we just taking it one game at a time. And of course, at the beginning of the season, when we were all getting to know one another and on the zoom calls, the first thing he said was, you can't come in and say, I want to win a championship. Like, of course, that's everybody's goal. Uh, but we first have to solidify the second seed. Like let's handle the smaller things to get to the, the bigger things. So um, definitely on paper, we know that we're a championship caliber team, but, it's putting it all together. That's the biggest challenge. Um, but I, I think we're doing a great job. And uh, being a first year all together, I think we, we've done a great job. Uh, what's your best Bill Lambeer story? Do you have a good one yet? Um, he, no, not yet. But he pretty much said we're the same. I'm just quiet. <laughs> he's, he's more vocal <laughs> and I'm more internal. <laughs> uh, have you made a half-court shot yet at practice for money? 
Yeah, and Bill's still owes me it. Wait, 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 wait. So you guys do the half court shots to get uh, what is it, like fine money or something that he collects. You guys yeah, do the half court yeah. shots to win that money and he doesn't even give it to you when you make it? Sometimes he does, and then other times when he don't have cash, he'll be like, Remind me and then the next shoot around will come and he'll be like, I don't owe you any money. Like <laughs> So he just pocketed it. <laughs> What do you? What is it? What do you mean he doesn't have cash? What, he collects it in cash, doesn't he? That, exactly. You have twenty four hours to pay uh, your fine, so I know you have it. Okay, here, here's a question for you, because I don't really carry much cash. Do you carry cash on you on a regular basis? No, no. But okay. they normally give us presume money before trips and things, and Bill doesn't spend much money, so. We know he have it. Like, just pay your tab. But but for you, like, is the only time like the only time you have to get cash out of an ATM or something is like when you is when somebody gets fined. For me personally, yeah, because yeah. I, I rarely keep cash on me. Right, because I don't either. So right. if, if yeah, if Bill Lambert was like, yeah, you owe us twenty bucks or something, I'm like, I don't have twenty bucks. Can I Venmo you? I can't imagine Bill Lambert's nope. on Venmo either. Oh, he he wouldn't. I don't. He probably would say he do, he doesn't know what it is. <laughs> like you probably never heard of it. Well, she yeah. is Raquana Williams from the Las Vegas Aces. Raquana, thank you so much for joining us. Sorry about bringing up the Ravens and Raiders. It's okay. It's okay. I still love you. It's fine. <laughs> thank you, Raquana. Thank you. Have a great day. So there is Raquana Williams. I had no idea she was a Ravens fan. She's from Florida. I was assuming we were going to get like. Miami or maybe Tampa or something like that out of it, not Baltimore. But yeah, Baltimore Ravens fan wearing purple I mean, last night. <laughs> no idea. I had genuinely no idea. Um, the Aces have two games left in the regular season. They're playing the 17th and the 19th. They play Chicago and Phoenix. Uh, both are on the road. Both of those teams are in the playoff picture, so they're not exactly the bottom feeders. But all they have to do is win one of those two games and they will clinch that two seed in the WNBA playoffs, or Minnesota loses one of their last two. That would clinch it for them as well. And again, the two seed in the WNBA playoffs, very important because they get a buy straight to the semis, unlike the three seed, which is into the quarterfinals. So Raquana Williams, thanks for joining us. We had Kelsey Plum on, and then she went for 30 points. So Raquana Williams, yep. in one of these last two games, the, has got to go for 30. Yeah, the press box bump. Yeah. We we <laughs> we get them ready for a game. Listen, um, if she goes for thirty, we're that's officially that's officially real. I that game was so weird yesterday. I don't know how much of it you watched because you were because no, they were down by ten. Like, yeah, they're down by ten in like the midway through the second well, quarter, and then what? Kelsey Plum had I think four points at halftime, and then ended the game with thirty. Yeah, but it was also um, uh, the. The, I can't pronounce her name because I can't pronounce names, but she was just, she literally couldn't miss. And then suddenly the third quarter happened and it was like, okay, well, I guess she's done. Right. Yeah, it happens. It happens in basketball. So aces, good shot at getting that two seed. And again, from earlier in the show, I think one of the biggest pieces of news in the WNBA is that Brianna uh, Stewart is done for the regular season. She might come back for the Seattle Storm in the playoffs. They're going to reevaluate her and see from there. But that is that. I mean, Brianna Stewart's the reason the Aces didn't win the title last year. Yep, she like she's the reason that they was, didn't win the title. Yes, we all remember your prediction last year of I think Brianna Stewart is going to be the reason yes. that the Aces don't win the title. And two years ago, Elena Deladon's a big reason why they got eliminated in the semis. It's that. 
the power forward that can stretch the floor and shoot threes, or even when they put her at center or something like that, the aces can beat you up inside, but three is worth more than two. And if you can make Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage defend the three point line, you hurt the aces defense pretty significantly when those two are not in the paint to block shots, contest shots and get rebounds. So if she is out, then that's a big time matchup problem that doesn't exist for the aces anymore. They might not even match up with Seattle, even if she does play, but it's a big time matchup problem that no longer exists for the aces. If she doesn't play in the playoffs, threes worth more than two was the, uh, one of the original names for Bischoff's briefs, right? Uh, you want it to be that should be that because it is worth more than that. All right. Coming up next, Jared tells me we have another good voicemail. Good morning, gentlemen. I have no complaints. You guys are awesome. My question is, between the four major sports, NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, if we could only have two in Las Vegas, which two would you pick? One more thing. Uh, the game last night was totally awesome. Uh, it was just awesome to see all the people in the stands. I did I did not believe this would ever happen, but it makes me want to go to a game, even though I, it would break me as far as money. Guys, have an awesome day. Be safe. You're locked in the press box. Break me too, man. <laughs> go to a UNLV game. It's like 33 bucks. <laughs> So to answer his question, thanks for the voicemail, unnamed listener. Me personally, like my personal enjoyment, I'm picking the NBA and Major League Baseball. Those are the two sports. If we could only have two, those are the two that I would prefer to have. Largely because that would cover the entire calendar year. And I like basketball more than hockey. See, and I'm... See, I'm... The, I, I would go with the NFL and probably the NBA, but it's only because I love minor league baseball and minor league hockey, so I assume we get to keep those. See, I the reason I wouldn't pick the NFL is because I I can very much enjoy the NFL without it here. I mean, yes. Like cuz cuz to me personally, I my NFL, my favorite NFL viewing experience is sitting on my couch, watching multiple games and yelling at my fantasy team. When the Raiders play like this weekend or when the Raiders don't play a prime time, when they play at 10 or one, we focus a lot more on that. And I got to just occasionally get to yell at the saints for putting Taysom Hill in the game. So, but that's my optimal NFL viewing experience. So when the Raider, when we have a team, it's not as much fun to do that. You can't do that as often. So I, I will say even I went to a St. Louis Rams game one time and it was genuinely, it was awesome. And it was like, I, I love going to live sporting events right. and I don't have any rooting interest in the right. I believe right. it was Rams Falcons. Yeah. But like our listener said, it'll break you. I that's, think Matt Schaub started that. Give us a baseball team. Put it in a dome, please. But give us a baseball team. Nope. Direct sunlight. Random ass Tuesday. Hey, what are you doing? You want to go to the baseball game? Of course. The Angels, granted, they're out of the playoff race. The Angels, their last two home series are selling tickets for $3. Oh. They play the Astros next week, Monday through Thursday, and 
you I'm trying to figure out a way to get the <laughs> hell out of here so I can go watch the Astros for twelve dollars four times. That's that's pretty good. Like I, I was, three dollars. I was, Otani's probably gonna pitch one of those games. That's worth it on its own. I will say that within two years of them winning the World Series, the Royals at one point were okay, it's twelve dollars to park, it's eight dollars to get into the ballpark. <laughs> so for a twenty. Yeah. Yeah, just come on in. So I am I'm all on board Major League Baseball being here. Granted, you know, if the A's do move here, you're not gonna have three dollar tickets for a long time. But even if a baseball team's popular, you're gonna have Tuesday games in July where it's half full. Like it's it's gonna happen. So you can rel- there's a lot of games. You can go to them for fairly cheap. Like I would very much like Baseball, baseball and basketball would be my choices. Just you fill up the whole calendar year. There's always a home team that's playing, you know, like with football and hockey, we're pretty close with just football and hockey, but we do have, as soon as the Stanley cup is over or whenever their season ends, which has been the second or the second to last round, you get July and August and some part of June too, in a normal year. So we still have a few months without anything, but if you give us baseball, then we get the whole thing covered, and yeah, it's fun. And baseball is a very casual sport. I know, but I just I love minor league baseball more than right. I like professional baseball. But you can't go to the Aviators games for three dollars yet. Hell yet! Did they change dollar beer night to three dollar beer nights? Two dollar beer yeah, night, you, and hey, it's still it's still good. The good beer deal at the Aviators I, I, is as much as the Angels tickets. I will say it's it'll never be as good as the fifty ones dollar beer night where I saw a woman just deck a dude in the face, and it was just it. She walked up, punched him in the face, and security just like <laughs> airlifted her the hell out. And I went, no one, no one can explain the backstory. Yeah. It's amazing. Give me baseball. That that works. Baseball and basketball. And I'll be happy if we're only getting two. It's a good question. I like that question. I mean, yeah. Leave us your name next time. That'll be that'll be more fun. Yeah. Uh, If if anyone else has any random questions they have for Tyler, like even just like if you had to guess who Gladys Knight was. No clue. I'm going to leave the show with this. My cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding.